0: Sports reporter Austin Huff. And Austin, we have a guest in the studio today. We have our sports correspondent, Steve Craw, longtime journalist in the area. And he's also our ref- wrestling expert. Steve has probably forgotten more about prep wrestling than I'll ever know about the sport.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that assessment as well. Um, not also your knowledge, but also in regards to my prep wrestling knowledge as yeah. well. So he laps me in that. So yes.
0: we're very happy to have him here. Yes. We'll get to him in a little bit here. Uh, First thing I want to talk about today, of course, is the horrific accident last night at the end of the Daytona 500 with Ryan Newman, who is a South Bend, Indiana native, I believe a graduate of South Bend LaSalle High School when they were still open. Mm-hmm. Just a horrific crash, and first of all, our thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family and his friends and his race team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just just horrific
1: yeah I wasn't watching it live um I was here putting taking care of the paper last night but I saw the replay and uh you know it, it in a weird way like it wasn't too bad of an accident at first You know, he got like got clipped into the wall obviously and he was spinning out but once mm-hmm. he flipped and that other car came up and hit him right on the driver's side that's where it looked like the big impact yeah. ended up being so yeah what a scary situation I mean we've you know, uh, someone on ESPN last night pointed out that there hasn't been this uh, a death, I guess, at that high of level since Dale Earnhardt Jr. in and, 2001. And luckily, he's not. Luckily, it seems like Ryan Newman going to be okay. Like he's, from all reports, he's he's going to be. He's in seri- listed right.
0: in serious condition, but with non-life threatening injuries.
1: Right, and that's thank God, right? Like that yeah. was, uh, you know, but like this is. Uh, taken back a lot of people because this used to happen a lot more often. So you don't you don't really see this ever this type of series right. of accidents in NASCAR anymore. The safety has gotten a lot better with these cars. So right. um, yeah, just yeah, it's ironic right. you
0: mentioned too Dale Earnhardt. Today is the 19th anniversary of his death at Daytona.
1: mm mm-hmm. I Obviously, I was um, six years old when that happened, and so I don't. And I'm not a huge NASCAR guy to begin with, but. Um, do you remember? I guess Greg, like when that happened, like how how big was that story when Dale Earnhardt died in that in, in 01? Yeah, huge. He,
0: yeah, you know, uh, Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty, the King, mm-hmm. those are probably the two most iconic NASCAR drivers ever.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, obviously his his legacy lived on. Earnhardt is still lives on. Yeah, uh, today, and obviously his son became a famous racer as well. So. Um, but yeah, hopefully Ryan Newman's okay, I like, like you said, South Bend native, um, so he's from the area. I'm sure a lot of people in this area watched him race when he was a kid, mm-hmm. you know, over in South Bend or in the area racing uh, cars and stuff like that, so um, hopefully he's okay. Hopefully uh, he'll be able to get out of the hospital soon. I heard there, there won't be an update on him today, which is Tuesday, but hopefully we get an update, more of an update later in the week on his status, but yeah, that was really scary to see. It was. And, uh, yeah, just seeing the reaction on Twitter and social media in general, it was really um, shocking. You know, I think a lot of people were in shock to yeah. see it, and they were also then relieved to find out he's not in life-threatening uh, injuries. Yeah, you know,
0: it, Unfortunately, it also brings out the bad points of social media, too, because there were all kinds of reports on there that he'd been killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was... In crit, yeah. you know critical condition, he was on the okay. verge of death, and, and, you know, and people you, were just posting stuff because they want to post. And,
1: and you unfortunately saw that too uh, a couple weeks ago with Kobe Bryant's uh, death, right. where people. Well, first off, the guy on ABC said that the whole family was in the plane. The whole whole Bryant family was in the plane. Helicopter. Helicopter. Sorry, helicopter. So uh, flying device. Um, anyway. Uh, so you saw a lot of that a couple weeks ago with Kobe's death which is sad you know you you, which you know obviously it wasn't helped by the fact that that guy said it on national television but um, yeah it was social media like you said it gets you kind of see some of the bad of that sometimes when breaking news is happening and people are just throwing around reports for the heck of it right. Um, it's not great unsubstantiated reports um, yes Um, so you know let journalists do their jobs you know crazy concept I know but uh <laughs> Let them do their jobs. And, uh, again, thankfully, Ryan Newman sounds like he's going to be okay. Uh, obviously, who knows what his future in racing is, but he's alive. And I think that's yeah, what's good here. Right. That's the main takeaway. So.
0: And one of the points I, did, I didn't think about it when I was watching this crash, but a friend of mine, uh, Charlie Hanna, who's a local late racing legend around here, is uh, is a friend of mine on Facebook. And he posted last night that those cars, the roofs on those cars, are not built... To be hit by another car head-on like that, mm-hmm. at going 200 miles an hour.
1: I mean, I don't know what cars are built to be hit like that, you know, head-on going 200 miles an hour. But, yes, yeah. like, like you said, it, it was just, like, the whole, like, how the whole accident went down it was, like, was scary. It was the second part of that, where he flips, and then it gets hit, like, right on the driver's side. Yeah. You know, that's where... then he flips
0: some more, and then the car caught on right, fire. Right,
1: that's where it got really, really scary. So, uh... Yeah. Yeah, it's just a crazy night, and then obviously it was, you know, it was already delayed a day because of the rain and everything. Daytona this weekend, and mm-hmm. lost in all that. It was like Denny Hamlin won his third 500, yeah. and so, third in the last five years. Yeah, he's he's he loves that track. He must. Yeah. Love, I mean, so but uh, yeah, obviously Newman is the story. Um, you know, it's a big story when even ESPN is leading with it all day. And, uh, you know, in the morning shows as well, you know, people who don't even talk about NASCAR often are talking about NASCAR today. So crazy, crazy, crazy scene. But hopefully and thankfully he's going to be okay. it sounds like.
0: And you have you have to give a tip of your cap cap to Denny Hamlin for stopping his victory celebration in victory lane Mm -hmm. when he found out about the accident and found out that they were out on the track trying to extricate. Uh, ryan from his car yeah yeah and obviously i think a lot of people were criticizing the fox
1: broadcast for not talking about newman enough when it was happening because they were showing more danny hamlin showing him celebrating but even afterwards danny hamlin not only did he do an interview saying i had no idea you know the communication had been turned off by that point like he didn't have anyone in his helmet you know talking to him or anything um but you know, like he said, he even tweeted, like, I didn't no idea what was going on. So, yeah. you know. But as soon as he found out.
0: Right, right. He put okay. a halt to everything. And
1: I think, like I said, like a lot of people were kind of critical initially of like Hamlin celebrating and all that. But again, he didn't know. And I think if people were critical of the Fox broadcast, too, showing more of the celebratory stuff and not Ryan Newman on the track. Um, I wasn't watching it personally. I don't know if you were watching the broadcast at all or not. I was. So did was it. Did you, did you feel like they were not like ignoring Newman, but like, hey, Ryan Newman, like, just said, this really serious crash and we're not going to focus on him? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you picked up on any of that last I night. Didn't, I didn't think that, but, you know. I saw some people on Twitter. They were getting angry at yeah. Fox. Not like angry, but like disappointed, I guess, with Fox. So, again, uh, you know, like I said, tip of the cap to, to Hamlin for kind of stopping the celebration there right away uh, as soon as he found out. And I, I think that goes to how you know, tight-knit that racing community is, you know, yes. all these guys sign up to do this. It's a life-threatening job. They all know it, so mm-hmm. um, when you, when they see that happen, it's, it's actually, it's kind of refreshing, I guess, to see, like, they're all human, I guess, and they show emotions, and they understand, yeah. like, hey, this is one of our racing brothers, you know, hopefully he's doing well, and winning this doesn't matter, you know, like, in the grand scheme of life, you know, it doesn't matter as much, so... Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I just cannot imagine how much confidence it takes, first of your own abilities to be able to go out there and driving a car around that track at 200 mm-hmm. miles an hour, mm-hmm. but how much confidence do you have to have in the person that's driving six inches off your rear bumper. Mm-hmm.
1: I have a hard enough time driving 30 miles an hour down you know, Main Street and Goshen with people near me. So doing it 200 miles an hour, I'm not going to sign up for that. Nope. I thought maybe
0: you were going to say you had a hard time with locking your keys in your car, but that's I, another story. We don't need to talk about that.
1: That'd be a whole other podcast. Okay. So. All
0: right. Well, let's go. Let's talk a little bit about the wrestling tournament now that Steve's been covering for us. And
1: Steve's been patiently
0: sitting here for yes. the last five minutes while we talk
1: about Ryan Newman. So, yeah. Steve, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today?
2: Hey, thanks for inviting me.
1: Yeah, we're really excited to have you. So... Um, I have a quick question I wanted to ask first, and then Greg can probably interrogate you the rest of the way here, but um, Northridge went into the weekend here with 10 wrestlers at semi-state and left with one going to state. Um, was that a surprise at all to you? I mean, it felt like Northridge was dominating every round, and then they only sent one to state. Felt like disappointment. Am disappointment. Am I reading that right?
2: Yeah, that it is surprised some people. I think that that's um, a testament to how strong some of these other regional sites were. I mean, Goshen uh, was probably stronger coming through the Alcart sectional than it was coming through, you know, the Westview side of things and to take nothing away from Northridge, but and they weren't playing around down there you know, in the other weight classes. So it was a surprise that only one out of the ten got through but not if you saw the wrestling it didn't really shock you
0: yeah And yeah. us see
2: we got what three local wrestlers through to the state tournament that's right uh, Northwood senior Jake Lone he's a 182 pounder uh, Northridge 195 pounder Ibrahim uh, Ibrahim Coucha <laughs> he's a junior and uh, Jose Rosales of Goshen he's he's a senior and he's uh, um, yeah, he's a that's right. Um, Jake Lone is on a roll. He won the Northern Lakes Conference, the Elkhart Sectional, the Goshen Regional, and the and the Fort Wayne Semi-State. Um, to win the championship over at Fort Wayne, he had to win in sudden victory, which is like overtime. Mm-hmm. So I talked to Nate Andrews as his coach, and Nate Andrews won a state title himself in 96. I saw that. Um, he said they were... Um, cradle crazy in practice recently. Well, it was a it was a cradle, which is a wrestling move. Uh, and he and he went with that. He, he just come around the corner and saw that his knee was close to his head, and he pulled the cradle. And that's the move that that's got move. him the two points that won three to one. So. How about that?
0: If we had a video podcast here, you could you could demonstrate that on Austin. <laughs> no,
1: I think uh, I think you'd be better demonstrating it on Greg. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I could
2: pull that up, but it'd be,
1: be fun to try. Be fun to try.
2: This is the third time that Lone is down there. Um, he was he was um, he was sixth at 182 last year, and he was eighth at 170 the year before that. Hmm. Yep. Um, his his opponent will be East Central Junior Colville. Who's forty-five and four? That's that's Friday night. The state finals are at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Nice. Used to be known as Conseco. That's where the Pacers play. Yeah. That's where the state finals is. Six o'clock Friday is when they start the parade of champions. That's one of the coolest parts of it. They take everybody who's in the field, the wrestlers and the coaches, and they all march around to the dramatic music and it takes <laughs> several minutes until they're all there and then they do the anthem and all that. That's that's yeah. kind of a cool mm-hmm. um, yeah. aspect of it. So then after that'll be wrestling and you have to win Friday to advance to Saturday. To advance Saturday. to Saturday. Yeah. You
0: uh you mentioned his opponent's record. Do you have any idea what uh Lone's record is this season? Oh I'm
2: sorry. Lone is thirty eight and two. Thirty eight and two okay. His only losses are to Graham Calhoun of Plymouth and he's unbeaten but he's in one at one seventy. Uh, Calhoun is he bumped up during the season to wrestle against Lone and the other um, is um, is uh, William um, Walker of Mishawaka Mishawaka. Mm -hmm. and he's in the opposite um, bracket so they would if they see each other again it won't be until the semifinals, or maybe in the championships.
1: Mm. Do you uh, do you think Loan has what it takes to maybe make a run at this? Um, sizing up his draw in that first round, and obviously from there on out, does he have a shot? You think?
2: Oh, I think so. I think so. And it, it always helps to have previous experience. Like most of these guys are down there have wrestled at big time levels in freestyle and Greco-Roman and those kind of things, even if they haven't yeah. uh, you know, the, the resumes when they're having the um, face-offs and they're t- telling what they've done in the past. It's amazing. Even if they're a freshman or sophomore, they have a laundry list of things that they've right. done. Mm-hmm. So it usually doesn't bother but it, it certainly helps to have been down there and know the whole atmosphere and, and Jake has done that so that, that will help him for sure. And his 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 dad, Rod, was the head coach at Northwood at one point and he's on the staff And mm-hmm. so it's kind of cool to see that his brother um, Caden who's a freshman didn't really uh, perform as a freshman this year uh, he was down at Fort Wayne as well he didn't get yeah. through but um, I, saw, I saw him get his hand all mangled up and it's amazing that he could continue a couple of weeks ago. Mm. <laughs> Wrestling can, can be a brutal sport. Yes, yeah, they're, they're kind of
1: barbaric in that regard. Barbaric, yeah. that's I the word. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I know yeah. I couldn't do it. First off, I mean, it implies I have to cut weight and I just can't do that right now. So yeah. but anyway, yeah. Uh, so yeah, the one Northridge kid to go through couches at 195. Um, yeah, he's
2: 80, he's 38 and 6. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Kiley is the coach there at, at Northridge. He finished second at the NLCs, which this year were, were at Plymouth. He was a runner-up at the Elkhart sectional, and he won. He won the Goshen regional, and then he placed fourth at um, Fort Wayne. And what was what struck me about that was that after the tournament was all over, he was taking all these pictures with. And, and everybody has a camera nowadays, so you can take lots of pictures. Mm-hmm. But he was. He was mugging with all the Fort Wayne Carroll guys and all these other people. He the happiest guy. I mean, he's got a really good attitude. Hmm. Um, this is the first time he will be at semi-state. Um, I mean, at, at state finals. He hmm. was he lost in what they call the ticket round last year, which means they always call it that because you get your ticket punched to the state finals, you got to win two matches. Right. The second round, but they call it the ticket round. That's common. He lost in that round last year, but this year he got through... And for his trouble, he gets to go against Silas allred he, he's a shenandoah senior he was he's a defending state champion he's going to Nebraska Ooh. so whatever <laughs> he does and he does a lot of stuff well, I'm sure that's what their focus will be yeah at uh, over at Northridge getting getting uh, Ibrahim ready for that
0: well I don't you' you're at the state Finals you're not going to run into any slouches down there. Right. No, no, but
1: but the draw of the defending state champ, yeah. who's going to Nebraska? It's probably not the
0: best draw in the
1: world, right? And it's just <laughs> it's
2: just kind of a formula at the early stages of the tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a, a first place goes against the fourth, and the second against the right. third. When you get to this point, it's kind of that way. But it's but it's he's getting a champion, and because he was fourth, but it's just you know the luck of the draw that he got that particular kid. Mm-hmm. So he could have right. gotten, he yep. would have gotten a champion some, you know, right somewhere else. But it, it's that that's the one.
0: See, Austin, this is the advantage of the blind draws. And there's no such thing. If, as if an they did a blind, a blind draw, draw, then you, you know, get out. He of could here. be wrestling another fourth place. Get out
1: of here. here.
2: Did <laughs> we? I think we did.
1: <laughs> Someone asked me about blind draws on Twitter last night. I replied, "No comment." Okay. So. <laughs>
2: That would be the first time you never had a comment about anything. (laughs) Wow, thanks,
1: Steve. This is your last time on the show. Okay.
2: Happy to to oblige. All right,
1: Rosales, at 285 from Goshen. How is he looking uh, this year?
2: He is one of those guys that's proven that um, you give him a second or third chance and wrestling is, you know, people wonder why you can lose and finish fourth and still move on. Well, you consider everything that goes into just a six-minute match or maybe it goes a little further. It goes into overtime, so that's why it's a little more forgiving. It's, you know, very hard to do. But he was a runner-up at MLC. He was the third at the sectional. He did win the regional and he was fourth at semi-state, so he's still... Um, at it he he was he lost in the first round of semi-state last year and his opponent will be um, Friday night will be Damari Dancy of Portage and I happen to know that he's kind of a unique story in himself that he went out for wrestling um, as after his sophomore year after he got cut from basketball two times Hmm. and he just kind of took to the sport and that became his thing but he it's kind of an odd combination. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. He went from, well, I, yeah. I don't. How do you even know if you were good at wrestling after you've been playing basketball your whole life? I guess I, you probably just wanted to play a sport and just did it. And now he's going well, to state.
2: Well, they saw. They, I guess he knew a teacher, or one of the coaches, and they said, you know, come across the hall and give this a shot. After he saw that he, that he was out of basketball, and. He decided. Oh, I think I'll try it, and he decided that he liked it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's not—he's like six-two. I mean, he's not huge basketball, uh, tall, real tall guy. I've had, have covered six-seven wrestlers, and that's, <laughs> you know, something with all the arms and the legs. Yeah, it almost works against them in some cases, but
1: more, re- more, to, more to grab, I guess. Right, the, there's more right. for the other the opponent mm-hmm.
2: to grab. Exactly, mm-hmm. they got different leverage points, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So how do you? So Rosales, so we, so we're feeling Lone maybe the best best chance to do some damage of those three at state.
2: I would say so, just based on his past history and and his draw. I mean, um, there have been guys who've come in there, you know, third out of the semi state and have won the whole thing. So that's not unheard of. Mm -hmm. But Lone is first he's got a better draw he has been there a couple of times and had he's been on the podium a few times so I think you you were correct in saying he'd have the best shot yeah mm-hmm.
1: and I wanted to quickly ask I don't know if you've seen the Wawa, the Wawa C2 two kids of their setting down as well Jace Alexander and Garrett Stuckman I believe Stuckman won his uh region or semi-state at 152 this past weekend. Uh, Alexander, I think, went down to state last year as well. So I guess you have a quick scouting report or something on those guys. I know you haven't been able to see him as much the last couple of weeks, but they are also going down as well for uh, well, from this area.
2: Well, well, Alexander has been down there before, and, and that works in his favor. Although he's coming through there as a third placer out of the semi-state, and Stuckman has really really come on uh, this year. That'll help him and year in and year out the the region um semi-state is no joke it's at east chicago now for years it was at Maryville mm-hmm. and so um anybody who comes through there has has earned it
0: yeah i was gonna say that year in year out that's probably the toughest semi-state to come out of in the state
2: i would i would i would think so i mean i know that indianapolis and evansville does well at state finals but uh, year in and year out. It's your crown points and your portages and your Chestertons and on and on that do really well at yeah. state finals.
1: Well, like last year, I know Wawasee got a couple guys out of there, and they ended up all doing well at state. They kind of all placed, and it was a really good showing for Wawasee at state last year, so they get two more guys out of there. Yeah, I Frank
2: Baumgartner's the coach there at mm-hmm. Wawasee, head coach, and he, he's got them really buying into what you know he's doing, and they're all doing well. Really well the last few years. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. All right, Steve. Anything else about wrestling this weekend?
2: That's all I got.
0: Okay. <laughs> who's uh who's, who's the best wrestler
1: in the state, regardless of class or weight, or I guess it's the same thing, weight class, school. That's
2: a good question. I think Allred might be one of the guys <laughs> right there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Senadoa. should be should be fun for uh couch then. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Right. Well, Austin, you had a little bit of excitement last weekend here with the Northwood girls' basketball team winning I, their I
1: did. regional. I did. Uh, you know, sometimes it's okay, uh, you know, in our job when we don't have to, uh, we usually don't have too many early mornings. You know, so a 10 a.m. regional semifinal game could be tough on paper, but it was only at Gymtown. So I was able to get up and get spry in the morning. And yeah, Northwood, how about that? Looking really good. They had a really tough game against Mishwaka Marion in the first uh, game. They lost to Marion by eight earlier in the regular season, came back and avenged that loss by six. It was a great game. Uh, Back and forth, there were, I think, 10 lead changes in the game, uh, a couple different ties. It was a really... Good back-and-forth contest. Uh, Marion took a lead late, and it seemed like, okay, like maybe they're going to pull away here and Northwood's season will be over. But then uh, Rooley, Kate Rooley for Northwood hit a free throw. She missed a second. Uh, Carly Fieldster got the offensive rebound. They like ran another play. They got it to Rooley again. She made a layup. All of a sudden, Northwood went down, from down one to up two. With like three minutes left in the game, and that was the last lead change in the game. They ended up hitting their free throws down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Marion missed a couple free throws, had a turnover. It was the weirdest play. Their turnover it was so odd. It was like they inbounded the ball, and then all of a sudden, Ruly had the ball in her hands. I don't know what happened. Like I, it just looked. Like, it was a, the fastest steal I've ever seen in my life.
0: She was open. They just threw right. The ball they, to it her. was
1: almost like they threw it right to her. It was weird. Um, but they won that game, and then they came back at night and beat Knox. Uh, couldn't have asked for a better start for Northwood. They were up 13-0 uh, nine minutes into the game. They won the first quarter 11-0, and then Knox finally scored uh, a basket a minute 20 into the first or second quarter. So uh, it was about as good of a start as you could get. They went up 13 nothing, and they won the game 43-30. So that 13-0 basically held the whole oh. game. I'm sure Adam Yoder, the head coach, didn't feel like that at times. Well, I'm sure he didn't. Uh, Knox got it down to five. They got 2015 at one point, but uh, Northwood, once again, just uh, they were too good. And uh, the thing I've noticed a lot in these last couple games, especially their sectional championship game and their regional championship game, they haven't trailed in either game. They just have come out and kind of had that killer instinct of like we are going to win this game and no one is stopping us type mm-hmm. deal. I mean Knox couldn't do anything in that first nine and a half minutes of the game. Like, it was like
2: a suffocating defense, wasn't yeah, it?
1: Yeah, it was. And they forced I think Knox had seven turnovers in the first quarter. So like you can't, yeah, you can't throw Tired the ball to win that way, right? right? And they had twenty two for the game. Now Northwood ended up throwing the ball around a lot too in the last three quarters, but when they're up thirteen nothing. You know, the turnovers aren't as bad, necessarily, because they're yeah. winning by that much. Do you but. get
2: the idea that their depth was helpful because they had all kinds of foul trouble in that game? I happened to listen to a mm-hmm. good chunk of that on the way back from wrestling on the radio.
1: Yeah, they were uh, – yeah, that's where it came true. Like, I think Payne came out early in the third quarter. She had some foul trouble. Really had really Not not as much, really, but they were – their depth, for sure. I mean, that's a team that they already go already, like, 8-9 deep. They can pull uh, uh, Reagan Hartman off the bench, Bree Wise off the bench for at least a solid 7, but – they were able to really use that depth. Wise had a really nice game. She had six points, I think four or five rebounds, uh, off the bench in a regional championship game. That's huge, especially with oh, pain, yeah. especially with pain and having some foul trouble. And uh,
2: well, Miller had to go out. Miller's their point guard. and yeah. if she's not on the floor, then they gotta have somebody yeah. in the show.
1: Right, Miller. Miller went out. She actually was had seven points at halftime. She was their leading scorer at halftime. But then she had foul trouble. Everyone was in foul trouble in this game, by the way. Knox had a ton of fouls. Yeah, uh, Northwood had a ton of fouls. Uh, the refs kind of got crazy with the whistle. Uh, the Knox coach got a technical oh. foul um, for arguing a timeout. You have call. like about
2: 30 combined fouls in the first half. It I was don't know bad. what the yeah. and game well, total. By,
1: by Northwood, Northwood was in, or Knox was in the double bonus. Like, Knox was shooting two free throws from the seven minute mark of the fourth quarter on. Yeah. So, Northwood had accumulated 10 fouls in the first nine minutes of the second half. That shouldn't be possible, I think, but yeah. it happened. It was uh, comical at times, but the, t- the Knox coach actually got called for a technical because he thought uh, Adam Yoder called a timeout while a ball was being passed in midair, which would have been like there's no possession when the ball's in midair like that. Right. Uh, Adam was calling for the timeout while the, her girl, while the, whoever had the ball had the ball still for Northwood, and the ref didn't see it until the ball was in midflight, and so they called a timeout while the ball was in midflight, and the Knox coach – I mean, he was redder than his jacket. I mean, the jacket, he had a little red Knox pole. Oh, my God. He was fuming. Mm. Got a technical foul. He'd been upset at the refs all day. I mean, some of the calls. It's Coach Hannes. Uh, Coach uh, Minix, Minix, uh, Minix. Yeah, Neil Minix. Neil Minix. He – I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and talk about the refs. But, like – No. It was a finally – I thought it was an all right officiated game for the most part. I didn't think it was terrible. I mean – Probably too many files called, but but, uh, but the moral of the story at the end of the day was Northwood won the regional championship. They're in the final four. They're going to semi-state on Saturday. They're playing Benton Central. Uh, they are Benton Central is twenty-six and three, as is Northwood. Games at one p.m. Eastern, noon Central at Laporte High School. So it's only about an hour drive away, uh, which is I think pretty nice, all things considered. It was either that or Logan'sport. So right. You know, we'll take LaPorte every day of the week and twice on Sundays. So uh, (laughs) it should be a good game. I was doing a quick little look at Benton Central. They went to the state championship in 3A last year, lost to Northwestern, who's now in 4A. Northwestern also playing at LaPorte on Saturday against Penn and girls in 4A. Uh, Good luck, Penn. Northwestern was in that loaded sectional. Or regional. And we're they, talking
0: about North, Northwestern High School, not Northwestern University. Yeah, not, no, but they're, pl- they're yeah, playing Chicago. like Northwestern University yeah. right now.
1: They beat Northwestern is number four in 4A. They beat number four Homestead by like 35 in the regional championship game. They are mauling people. So Did they
0: move up due to the success factor? Yes. Okay. Yeah,
1: Northwestern had won. Uh, they won the 3A title in 18 and 19, so they won back-to-back got moved up to 4A this year, and they're going to probably win 4A this year. They are crushing people. Um, It's not fair, really. But anyway, this is about Northwood. Benton Central lost to Northwestern last year in that state title game, uh, 61-39. They actually both come from the same conference, Benton Central and Northwestern. And Northwestern got sent south last year. Benton Central was in the north. So they got to face each other in the state final. Northwestern now in 4A is north this year. So go figure.
2: Benton Central beat Norwell, I think, in the championship. Yes. In the Benton regional. Central
1: beat Norwell. Norwell had beaten North, Northwood. I'm saying too many Norths right now. Uh, Ben's, Norwell beat Northwood earlier in the regular season this year. I think Northwood was still coming off that volleyball run in the regionals. So a lot of their Payne, Rooley, Filistra, uh, Miller were kind of still recovering and getting used to the basketball
0: shape. Right. So mm-hmm. – Different sports, different different type of shape you have to be in. Right,
1: right. And obviously like, you know, I'm sure the emotional toll of like going through a season like they did for volleyball and losing in the regional final probably takes some mental time to overcome as well. Right. So uh, Benton Central, I was looking at some of their stats. They don't have individual stats really anywhere, which kind of stinks, but their team stats, um, they were they score a lot. They average more than sixty points a game, um, for Comparison, Northwood averages about 49 a game, but Northwood also has great defense. They, they only allow 34 a game. Mm-hmm. Benton Central allows about 40 a game. Um, Benton Central has like the fifth highest um, points allowed versus points scored ratio in the state. Like they winning the winning margin. margin. Yes, winning margin. That's what I meant. Like they're like plus 29 points in winning margin. Uh, Central was ranked second in the final coaches' poll, Northwood was seventh. But in the Sagarin ratings, uh, Benton Central was fourth. Northwood was sixth. Uh, Harold John Harrell's website, which is like the be all end all in uh, high school sports in this state, as at least for basketball and, and football, uh, pretty much has it as a toss up for the most part. Has Benton Central as a 54% favorite to Northwood's 46%. So, given it's all things considered, it should be a pretty good game. Should be a pretty even game. Yeah. Uh, it's a for Northwood. It's a matter of pain and ruley. You know, usually one of them is having a great game, the other one is having an okay game.
0: Um, if they can
1: both, they both have
0: their A game Saturday, that will give them a much better chance.
1: Right, they're, it's going to be a, yeah, it's going to be tough. I believe, and again, they're the Benton Central. Like they don't have an up really an updated roster on online anywhere that I've been able to see or stats. But of the few heights listed on players on Max Preps for them, their tallest player is five ten. Ruly and Payne are both 6'1" so in theory they're going to have the height advantage there um they just shut down heimlich uh from marion she was a six, one six two player and she had like five points against him on saturday so northwood has done a really good job at taking away team's best players in the last couple weeks they shut down bailey hart so uh and beth stroop against lakeland right. uh, they took them out of the game pretty much they they didn't let Marion's top players do any damage. Uh, the freshman uh, Foster, I think, from Mishwaka Marion. I'm forgetting her first name, but she only had eight points. She averages like 20 a game. So they did a really good job of shutting her down. And so can can uh, Northwood kind of do that with uh, their with Benton's best player, which I looked up. I'm pulling up my notes. Uh, I want to get this right because her name is kind of confusing. Um, Audrey Strasma is her last name. Strasma? S-T-R-A-W-S-M-A. Strasma. Okay. She was named one of the top 100 girls basketball players in the state by Hoosier Basketball Magazine uh, this past week, along with Ruli and Payne from Northwood. They were both named to the top 100 players Mm -hmm. list. So you're going to have three of the top 100 players in the state on the same court there. Can Northwood shut down Swastra and let them, you know, and let Payne and Rooley do their thing? If so – you know, they're going to be punching their ticket to state, which would be uh, a phenomenal. Phenomenal, yeah. I mean, the, obviously, it's a program historic, right? We've talked about Northwood at Nauseam. You know, they just won their 11th regional, right. uh, 25th sectional title. They've won a state championship in 99. But, yeah, this would and be a pretty – yeah, I mean, this would be their first state trip. I'm not sure when the last – you might – was it 99 when the last time they went to state? Do you know the last time they went to state? The last
0: time – I can't remember the year, but the last time they went to state was the last year of the single-class tournament. They made it. Well, then they – didn't they win the 3A title in 99? Yes. So – But the first time they went to state was yeah. in the last year so, of the single-class tournament. That was 96. 96. Yeah.
1: So this is a program, obviously, that hasn't maybe – They've been good in the area, but now they have another chance here to really establish themselves kind of on the state level. Right. Going to a state championship, obviously they're already playing in the semi-state, so it's been an incredible season for them. And, you know, Benton Central has a lot of girls on that from last year that are on the team this year. Will that uh, Will that experience make a difference in a semi-state game? Uh, you know, Rooley and Payne and all the other volleyball players have talked about how they're motivated to win a little bit because of how volleyball ended. So, and look at this. Steve Krah, our veteran journalist, doing research at this moment. Uh, Strasma is averaging 18.2 points per five games in the playoff uh, through this tournament so far. So, and they got four, two other girls averaging in double digits, one at nine points and one at 8.8 points. So, like like you said, like they got a lethal scoring offense. They could score at will, and uh, it should be a really interesting game on
0: Saturday over at La Port.
1: Right, right. So, I'm excited. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah.
0: One other uh, <laughs> interesting thing we had last Saturday was the Girl State Swimming Championships down mm-hmm. at the IU Natatorium on the IUPUI campus in uh, Indianapolis, a place that has hosted the Olympic trials, swimming trials before. Is it a big deal? It is a big deal, okay. yes. I mean, it's pretty intimidating, I would think, as a high school kid to be walking in there and seeing all these names of U.S. Olympic swimmers up there on the wall, mm-hmm. including uh, Lindsay Banco from Elkhart Central. Her name is on the wall down yeah. there. And I don't know. I didn't see it this year, but at one time there was a, a poster of her down there, too, hanging up of all the Olympians that had been oh, there. That's interesting. So That's cool. Northridge had a great season. They, they went into the tournament uh, with a goal of finishing second to Carmel because, Carmel. face it, Carmel won their 34th consecutive state championship mm-hmm. uh, Saturday, which is the longest streak in any sport by either gender in, mm-hmm. in the nation. I had a friend ask me, do you even
1: get excited if you win, if you're Carmel? Is there is there even any fun in winning a state? They look pretty happy. Yeah? I mean, yeah. I guess you're our, I guess, for pride in trying to keep the streak alive. You don't want to be that group that loses the streak, That I loses guess. the streak, yeah. But, like, still, like, there's, I don't know. That's, I, I get it's an individual sport, so maybe that helps, like, cause you're you're striving for your individual goals. it just, just happen to help your school team right. win. But, I don't know, I've. After, like, 15, I'd be like, okay,
0: whatever, we won, cool, another trophy, whatever. But uh, Northridge, like I said, went in with the goal of finishing second to Carmel. They didn't make that. They ended up finishing fourth. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that uh, Coach Kyle Hemery pointed out to me is he said, hey, how can we complain about finishing fourth in the state? He said, we're still the the fourth best team in the state. Right. So how can we complain about that? When
1: when you say it like that, it really puts a lot of – perspective i guess on it yeah right like hey we didn't win we didn't get our goal of second but like we're still a top four program in this state right now and they've been a top five program consistently the last couple years so this is a you know a really strong program in the middle of amish country for lack of
0: a better term right so it's pretty impressive (laughs) to me so and uh the other thing that kyle pointed out is the fact that northridge has about 1600 students And they're going up against Carmel, who has over 5,000 students. They're the largest school in the state. And Fishers, who finished second in the state, has 3,500 students. So, you know, you're talking about schools that are at least twice the size of Northridge. Right, right. And Fishers has the added advantage of also being coached by Joe Keller, who built the Northridge program. mm -hmm. In fact, the first thing I said to him Saturday when I talked to him after the meet was, well, you built one dynasty at Northridge. Now you seem to be building another one down at Fishers. Mm-hmm. What did you say? Did he respond to that at all? He, he just kind of chuckled. He, mm-hmm. you know, Joe's a pretty modest guy. He doesn't uh, like the light to shine on him. He'd rather place it on the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I which
1: like, is, right, I like most coaches are like that, which is yeah. good. It's the whole point of, you know, being a coach, you know, usually. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was following along your updates on Twitter at GCOMTGN, a little plug right there. Yes. And uh, – yeah, I was I wasn't surprised I guess necessarily. I thought Frets, you know, Elsa Frets, you know, obviously she was the defending 50 free champion and got third. That was kind of a little surprise to me. I was yeah. like, ah, kind of
0: especially a especially after she was the number 1 seed after the right. prelims on Friday night. Kind of
1: a kind of a bummer, I guess if that's the right word. Like, ah, dang. Like, wish that would have been cool if she had won again, but I mean, obviously she has another year coming back here, so right. she'll have a chance to win it next year.
0: The, the 50 free is it's over with so quick i mean you make one teeth, teethy, tiny little mistake right and we're talking about
1: done. talking about points points of a second you know what yeah. i mean like it's always like such a close margin especially at, at state when you got the eight best you know 50 free swimmers oh, in yeah. the state everyone's swimming you know sub whatever 24 23 it's going to be hard to you know win that it's not like you're calling up a... Against the local kids at the Y. You know what I mean? So, right, right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, like I said, it, kind of not, it was kind of a bummer to see her lose, but overall, Northridge being fourth, and like teams two, three, four were relatively close in points. So it wasn't yeah. like, you know, they finished a distant fourth and had a bad day. Like, they were still a pretty solid fourth finish and hung in there with Fishers, and, you know, no one hangs in there with Carmel, but yeah. Right. Uh, good. I, I thought it was pretty good showing overall, and obviously you were there to see it, so I'm, I'm assuming you thought good showing for them, probably. It was. Yeah. I
0: mean, they still they brought home a number of medals. Right. They medaled in all three relays. Mm-hmm. Uh, individually, you had a freshman, Sydney Nethercutt, medal in the 200 freestyle. Fretz, as we talked about, she medaled in both the 50 free and the 100 butterfly, which is a... Odd combination to me to see freestyle and butterfly, but mm-hmm. that's the way they worked out. Yep. Uh, Caitlin Simons finished sixth in diving, so she meddled. And also, Janet Ethercutt, senior, who is a sister of Sydney, she meddled in the 100 breaststroke. In mm-hmm. fact, she had her best time of her career in the prelims Friday night. Yeah. And just to show you how kind of a gutty girl she is, she's got a shoulder problem she's been dealing with all season long. She may have to have surgery on it over the summer before she goes to swim at IUPUI, IUPUI this fall. Mm-hmm. In fact, when I interviewed her after the race, after the meet was over with, she had an ice pack on her shoulder.
1: Wow. I mean, that's, that's guts.
0: Especially that's for swimming guts. when your shoulder is kind of a key thing. It's not like your toe, in other words. She basically told me that most of her training this year in the pool has been with her legs. Wow. Her shoulders been been has hurt enough that, you know, she yeah. hasn't been able to use it that much, and she's had to do a lot of training with her legs. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, heck of a season for her, you know,
1: gunning out like that yeah. and being able to finish, you know, still place and at state with one one bad arm as a swimmer. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> that is pretty impressive. So, uh, yeah. So I I don't know. Is that anything anything else you want to hit on, Greg, from
0: swimming or? I don't think so. No, I, I think, feel uh, good.
1: I mean, obviously, we uh, boys boys swimming starts this weekend. The postseason starts this weekend right. with sectionals. Yeah, Sectional rec-
0: prelims con- uh, Thursday night at Concord, Concord, and
1: finals Saturday at Concord. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Obviously, we'll have Steve Craw down in the beautiful Indianapolis, Indiana for state wrestling Friday night at six o'clock. Right, the parade of champions. Yes, sir. Your yep. favorite moment of the whole year, I'm sure. And you'll so, be in slicer country. In La Porte. I will be. I will be in slicer country, Laporte, on Saturday. Uh, again, one p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you're heading out to Laporte, noon Central. So just leave your house at noon and get there at noon. Right. So uh, that's pretty much what I'm going to be doing. So should yeah. be a good game out there, Northwood and, and Benton Central, for a chance to go to the state championship. Yes, should be
0: very exciting. So. Okay. All right, I think that wraps up another edition of the Goshen News Podcast. Uh, We'll see you next week, folks.